This is Talk for Freedom, a podcast sharing the truths about human trafficking and highlighting those in the fight to end it. With your host, Cesar Lopez, with A21 Freedom Chasers, and Chuck Paul with Chuck Paul LLC. back everybody on this episode um, here with Talk for Freedom episode 33. We're so excited to have you guys back um, with us and um, we're glad that you have continued to tune in here on iTunes and on Google Podcast. And so we're so um, excited to have a special guest with us today. I'm going to let Chuck introduce our special guest. So our special guest today is someone that I've known a couple of years now. Um, she is a friend of ours. She is a strong voice for freedom. Um, she is someone who has been go- gone from one end to the other and is gone from survivor to thriver and now to champion. And so I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about this, but I'd like to introduce you to Carla Solomon. Hello, everyone. Awesome, Carla. If you guys remember from her last episode, um, she's a warrior princess. And so we're so excited to have Carla back. It's been a little over two years. And last episode, she shared her powerful story. Um, and uh, we just wanted to have her back and see how things are going and give us a, an update um, since it's been over two years. How are you doing, Carla? I'm doing amazing. Um, God is really doing some cool stuff. Um, and I'm just along for the ride. It, it's it's truly, truly a blessing uh, to be on this side of the fight and to be a part of all the efforts that are moving forward in the state of Texas. This is just amazing to be included and for my voice to be heard. So uh, super grateful to be here. Awesome. That's what this platform is all about, is making sure that um, these your voice is elevated and you know spread across the world. Um, so what what is going on with you? I mean, I, I, I know you are extremely busy. Um, you have multiple things going on. Um, share what you can, share what you will, and, and we're just excited for you. <laughs> so if I was actually to go through, let's say, a list of... Mm-hmm all of my titles and things that um, I do in this field that would uh, include being a survivor advocate and outreach specialist for Mercy Gate Ministries um, in Kerrville, Texas. We also have the Magdalene House, which is a residential program for um, females 18 and older um, as a place of restoration and healing. Um, We are also the one state approved uh, program in the state of Texas that can be an alternative to prison for victim defendant. Um, Let's see. uh, I started my own little program under Mercy Gate called Advocacy Resource Center. Um, We kind of seen the need for um, survivors to have relational advocacy through a lot of different periods in their life um, to help them, whether it's get a job or get their documents or whatever that might be. Um, but that doesn't necessarily need a residential program. So this is our non-residential program that we started. Um, but then in addition to that, um, I'm also a council member for the Human Trafficking Survivor Leader Council for um, the Governor's Office of the State of Texas. I have just recently accepted a position as survivor f- support for the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign. I am a 
survivor consultant for the Polaris Project. Um, I help with the Kerr County Care Coordination Team um, to help develop protocols and implement um, different things for the Care Coordination Team for Children. Um, I'm a project consultant for the Project 200, um, which is a discipleship group. Uh, there will be some exciting news to come about, some upcoming developments of Helen's House, possibly coming to Texas. Woo-woo. Um, <laughs> I'm also the survivor leader for different organizations such as Unbound, um, Freedom Chasers, <laughs> the Youth Center of Texas, and obviously one of my favorites, Roy Moss, uh, Youth Alternative. And I do a lot of other things. I help with other projects, such as with the San Antonio International Airport and helping them implement the Blue Lightning campaign. Um, I speak, I share hope, I share my wisdom, my experience. I I give back to this area, um, even though it's taken so much for me in the past. Um, but I'm passionate about that because I know how it feels to be in that darkness. I know how it feels to want to try and help someone else, but not really understand how. Um, so yeah, I try to be that bridge to other people that are trying to help girls just like me. Go ahead. That's, that's awesome. You know, you have heard your story many times, you know, and like I said, you've gone from survivor to thriver to champion. And that is the, the, the ultimate importance when it comes to something like, you know, fighting human trafficking is listening to the champions, listening to those with lived experience. You know, you can't have a program nowadays without being led by, being guided by someone who has lived experience because there's just so much bad information out there right now and there's so many misconceptions about what trafficking is and what it isn't. And so where do you do? You go back to the source. You go back to the people who have lived experience. Let them be the voice Mm -hmm. for those that are still there. I agree. Totally agree. Um, you mentioned quite a bit. Um, one of the things that I want to start off with is you you mentioned, you know, being a survivor leader consultant. Why, why is, like Chuck was saying, the voice of a survivor leader so important in organizations or um people who are looking for information? I mean, just like in any type of field, um, a person that has been through it, lived through it, is basically the expert. You know, you wouldn't want to get um, advice on, you know, uh, symptoms of pregnancy from someone that hasn't had a baby. I mean, you know, it's just as simple Mm -hmm. as that. Um, You wouldn't want to try and attempt to um, know or even begin to understand uh, where these people or individuals um, that are being trafficked, you know, how, how would you understand to help them if you don't even know what they're going through? Um, so who best to paint that picture for someone else and really explain and help someone understand like, well, no, it it goes back to this and, you know, it's a process and how that goes down and how each little compromise is more putting that person under more and more control. So, you know, I mean, I think it's just, um, really understanding the reality and how things like this really, really do happen. Um, you know, a lot of misconceptions that I still get that's so frustrating is 
the whole white van at Walmart thing, you know, and yes, mm -hmm. like I said before, this does happen, but this is not the way that these predators are getting connected to your children. This is not the way that people are putting bodies in, in a van and taking off and then having half the state look for them. You know, this is not, yes, it does happen, but that's not the common. That's not the, the, the reality of it. The reality of it is that they're going to build a relationship with you. They are going to get you to trust them with every single ounce of your being and then manipulate and coerce you and force you into these controlling situations where you feel like you have no other choice. And that's the reality of it. So who better to speak on that than somebody that's been there? I totally agree with that. That's what the, yeah. that's why it's so important to have the person who's been there speak on it and guide each agency as you know, if you have an agency out there and you're wanting to fight this, I mean, you either want to partner with an agency that has a survivor leader or you want to have your own survivor leader yourself because there is just this this is this huge world there's a lot going on in this but those who have been there can kind of show you the path and show you the best way to reach out to a uh as someone who's been, who's there i mean i can tell you that you know carla you know has come out to Roy Moss Youth Alternatives and sat down with some of our young people that, you know, are just now beginning to, you know, get the first steps. They're still in pre-contemplation. And, you know, she talks to them for 30, 40 minutes and she gets so much more of a reaction out of them and starts getting them into thinking than it would take, you know, days of building relationship because they look at her and they're like, wow, this person, you know, Look at how she is and she's been where I am. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's why we, the Freedom Chasers, also use um, Carla's experience because, you know, things that we're trying to build for, um, we're building them for survivors and we're building them for someone who is coming out of that, that horrible situation. And we want to make sure we keep everything in mind. And and if we, we haven't been there, we don't know how to build a program for them or or what exactly they might need from an emotional standpoint, from a physical standpoint, you know, and so that is key, the experience that you bring. And I'm, I'm glad that there are organizations out there that are utilizing um, the experience that you have um, to benefit uh, other people for good. Um, and that's, that's, that's key. That's huge. Um, you know, we, we've said it before, but thank you for all this stuff that you're doing because it's, it's, it's uh, making a difference a little by little. That's how um, human trafficking is going to be eradicated is by these small things that we can all do that make a really big impact. Um, you mentioned right off the bat uh, that you're working with some organizations. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, Mercy Gate Ministries, what, what exactly, who are they? What, what exactly do you do there? I do a lot for Mercy Gate. <laughs> you know, Mercy Gate to me is family. Um, we are a family of, oh gosh, uh, professionals, survivors, um, ministry partners. Like we're, we come from all different um, walks of life and we all have come together and over the past three years um, we have built a ministry together from the ground up organically to specifically serve the population of those who have been exploited. Um, there's not too many out there uh, when we started this. Um, so, you know, everything that we've built has been um, by our own um, experience or by our own um, professions or um, just the collaboration of all of those. Um, yeah. So we have a residential program. We have a non-residential program. Um, we actually have just gotten uh, the county innovations grant 
um, for my advocacy program. So that means that we are now in October starting to be court appointed advocates for victim defendants. Um, so those that could be possibly mandated to our program um, as like an extra buff of accountability for those on probation. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, moving parts to Mercy Gate. Yeah. We, do, um, we are the second responder for rescue in our community for adults. Um, so whenever they do have someone that has been identified, we are um, a responder to that as an advocate um, to be there relationally, build relationship, trust, and try to help um, these individuals uh, walk through these next seasons of life um, successfully and with freedom <laughs> and being able to um, make healthy choices in the future. So um, mainly what I do for Mercy Gate is um, I have helped build uh, the actual program and protocols and mission, vision, all of this amazing stuff um, mm. for the advocacy uh, program. Then we have kind of gotten, we, we kind of branched off in so many different directions, um, but I, I do have my own caseload of girls that I have that have actually been through our residential program and that are now wanting to actually follow in my footsteps and do the exact things that I do. So it's like my it's my survivor leadership program um, within the ARC program. So this is for girls um, that have received healing, that have went through um, some type of program uh, to come out on the other side and at least start that healing journey. But, you know, there's so much more whenever um, you decide to step into a field, especially like what I've done. Um, and that includes having a mentor. Chuck was my mentor for a long time. And I sw like that was the best. That was the best times. I used to love um, doing talks with him and learning from him and him critiquing my presentation, just saying, hey, you know, it would be a lot better if you're just a little more real, like don't stand up there. And, you know, he would tell me things like this, and things like that helped build me into the person and the speaker that I am today. So, you know, I've seen the importance of that. So that's part of the leadership program, um, mentoring with me, following me at events and things like that. Yeah. Um, and just really diving in deep of, you know, how is it that you can share your testimony? And this is for like the other survivors, you know, how can you share your testimony, but also incorporate it to be a very educational and hopeful piece, like piece that mm -hmm. you can display to an audience to where one, they will understand, two, they will be empowered, three, they will be educated and they leave with knowing and having the knowledge of, okay, if I see this, this is what I need to do. Give them the next steps. Like that's a lot of things that I've seen lack in some other people's presentations is that call to action at the end. Like, okay, let's give them all of this information, but then what, you know, what do they do with it? So, I mean, and Chuck actually pointed that out to me a while back too. So, you know, just things like that. That's really what I'm working on a lot. <laughs> wow. And, and Carla, you mentioned that you work with the governor's office to help put together laws yes. and policy. And I know you're working with law enforcement and I've actually got to witness how important it is, you know, when you're discussing a case with a police officer and you're actually giving that officer tips how to do the case. Yeah, definitely. That's actually really one of the coolest things how I've went from... <laughs> I've went from actually running from the police to working with them now. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a weird, like, wow, that's really a big change. Like for me personally, as a survivor, like, and yeah. I don't say that to, you know, um, to really,
really down myself in any kind of way, but I share that because there could be another survivor listening that thinks that their dreams of possibly helping law enforcement or working for Department of Homeland Security, like how in the world can I add that to my resume? Like, really? I mean, it is possible. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do something because it is possible. That's so true. Um, You're right. Maybe others are they their dreams are really small right now because they can only, you know, dream what's in front of them. But if you dream a little bit bigger, you know, those doors will open. Um, Chuck mentioned the legislation. Like, so why is that work important? You know, because we we see what's going on in our local community. Um, we see that, you know, officers are you know, catching people. We hear cases that are happening, but then the next steps are, you know, trying people, sending people to jail. Why is the legislation piece huge? I mean, I think personally it's huge because, I mean, this affects the law. Like what is, you know, permitted, what is illegal, all of these things. So whenever, whenever you are able to sit down and have a discussion with congressmen and uh, commissioners and all of these people, and they ask a survivor, okay, what can we do to help? Honestly, I had to step back for a minute and be like, dang, what, what really can they do to help? And then I started realizing like, okay, if we're going to fight this from all sides, it has to be with their participation because prosecution, prevention, all of these things have to be an important piece that plays a part in its own role of doing what it's supposed to be doing. So if we have, let's just say the, the, the recent, one of the recent um, legislative pieces that were passed and signed um, was raising the age to 21 to work in a sexually oriented business. So they noticed uh, across the state of Texas, there was this big age gap between 18 and 22 years old, right? So this was a lot of the foster kids uh, not really having places to go or means or knowledge even of getting a job and how to actually go down that road into adult ship and, you know, things like this. So they would fall victim to or have a vulnerability there with finances, right? So they would fall victim to someone trying to talk them into, oh, hey, I heard you can make a lot of money if you go strip at the club. But that also entails the you know, backdoor policy of, you know, going to the back and um, actually, you know, having that sexual encounter with someone for the exchange of funds. And then obviously that also comes to play whenever you're working at a facility like that, Um, the person that is usually running it or somebody that is coercing or forcing you to actually work there is the one that's making all the profit. So AKA trafficking. So here we are. Um, They want to know how you can better protect these children. Well, one of the part of, or this age group, 18 to 22, So something that was really important is explaining how all of these things go down in strip clubs. So if you allow the 18 to 21 age group, like this is the group that is typically falling victim to stuff like this. So how do you prevent that? You make it to where it's illegal to hire them at sexually oriented businesses. And it's like the Eureka light bulb goes off and they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) And then that's how you get like this unanimous vote in in, on the floor or in the house. And, you know, and it goes through. Um, you know, and and that also goes with like prosecution. You want to know how many, why so many buyers, you know, continue to buy. There's no, there's the punishment was not realistic for Mm -hmm. the crime. If you ask me, definitely not realistic for the crime. 
Um, so that is being pushed up now to a felony. I mean, so that would, if I knew that if I committed A, B, C, or D crime, and now it was, was just a misdemeanor, but now it's a felony. Like a lot of people that are in that white collar business world, you know, like a felony, especially in prostitution or something like that is not going to look good on your record for if you were to try to change jobs or, you know, whatever that might be. But I mean, I think all of those types of things are super important because that helps the, the state, your community, um, better fight this in a way that is going to be impactful. Yeah. And long lasting, right. That's what we want. And long lasting. Definitely. Yes. To to give tangible results in the end. And, And that's so important. I mean, like you push it up to something like a felony. Now you're talking about a white collar or a professional, right? A lot of them have professional licenses that they have to maintain. Well, they're not eligible to maintain those professional licenses if they have a felony. So now you could very much affect their livelihood, giving them that second thought of, wait a minute, maybe, no, you know, because this is where it's so important to have the leadership of survivors. Because again, talking with these legislators and the light bulb goes off, wait a minute, we can actually do something about this. There's something we can do. Yeah, the the lives that these congressmen or governors and all that stuff that they live, they they, they may never know, you know, the reality of what's really going on. Um, but they see it, they hear it through someone who has been through it um, and that helps them. Um, how, how does it make you feel, you know, sitting in these rooms with these, these powerful people that are making, you know, laws, changing laws? How, how does that make you feel now? I used to be really intimidated by stuff like that. But I mean, honestly, I, I think it was probably that told me a long time ago that I just have to be me. You know, God speaks through me and everything that I do and he leads those discussions. He, I mean, you know, it's all led by him. So I think it's super cool now that I'm even invited to these tables because I just think, wow, like, you know, I look back, I reflect a lot um, of where I used to be and where I am now. Like that's, that's a daily habit of mine is being able to look back at like, wow, five years ago, you know, this and look at this now, you know, look at me now. That's a victory for me. I celebrate that daily. So being able to check my email on a daily basis and see that so-and-so one thinks that my presentations are the best in the tech in the state of Texas and wants me to come speak at their next event or, you know, um, Congressman Sessions wants to have a roundtable discussion or uh, George P. Bush. Like I had one of those that, that was super cool. Like just to even be, you know, at the table with people like that. I mean, it's it's powerful because it makes me as a survivor feel that they really do care, but that they value my input and my opinion and that not only do they value it, but they respect it so much that they take that and use it to, um, you know, as a driving force to move forward in areas that I could never even, you know, touch. So, you know, such as legislative stuff, you know, I mean, it's just, it's really cool to um, be included and for survivors' voices to be heard. It's really impactful. It's powerful. It gives me hope. It gives me 
um, passion, more passion to keep doing what I'm doing, especially when I get to see the results in such a short amount of time. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and see, that's the importance of, of it, it not only plays like value for you, but it also lays value for someone that's just now still maybe still in that dark place, still in that place that, of darkness, because it says we as a community, we as a state, we as a country, we as, you know, God fearing people value you and value you so much that we're taking your words, someone who's lived that, we're taking those words, we're using that as our guidance now. Because, you know, there was this, I mean, when we first started, when I first started working in this field, there was a lot of animosity because, you know, I mean, I remember the days of police officers being like, eh, you know, nothing we can do, you know, she's doing it to herself or he's doing it to himself. Yeah. And, and now those same officers have completely changed their mindset. They understand, well, wait a minute. No, I know what a trauma bond is now. I know what a, the seduction field is. I mean, they're understanding that this, they're not looking at them as criminals or delinquents or juvenile. They're looking at it as victims, as yeah. a human being. Right. And that empowers the victim. And that's part of building that felt safety with them is by empowering them. That's right. Yeah, we we definitely the work that you're doing is changing the perception that people have of someone who has uh, lived the life that you've lived, you know, um, because there's that perception, like Chuck was saying, that they want it. They want to be in that. They want to make money and, and all these things that maybe movies have taught us you know and and um they've glamorized um sex work and all this stuff but it's it's not like that it's not like that at all and um your story comes and kind of um gives brings value to you know people it it puts up it, it makes it, it humanizes it in a way versus you know it people seeing it as a as a case you know this is just another case number another statistic um this is just money you know it definitely and and they don't just value the content that you bring or respect the content that you bring, but they respect you as a person. Um, and that's, that's huge because, um, you know, along the way, um, you didn't have the respect from people and, and now you do, you have the validation, you have the respect, you have the value. And that's huge, huge, huge. That's, that's great. Great to hear. And, um, how do you feel that that we're doing here in San Antonio with the, the work that, that you're doing? I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of work in Kerrville. You're doing a lot of work in San Antonio. You're doing a lot of work in Texas. Do you feel that that we're heading in the right direction? I think we really are. Um, cool thing. A uh, couple of years ago when I started with the governor's office um, with the survivor council, uh, one of their questions were, you know, what can we do to better help adults? And I remember my answer to Andrea Sparks was uh, adult care coordination. And here we are. Um, BCFS has, you know, the first grant to actually develop and implement this protocol for adults. And that actually covers the 12 um, counties around Bear County. So um, being able to be a part of that from start to finish and it be in our little, our, our huge <laughs> community, but how widespread it is and just how, um, how impactful I believe this is going to be for um, the 18 and older age group um, that are also enslaved and victimized in this, in, in trafficking and exploitation. Um, I really like how um, I'm grateful for how a lot of the people that I work with, we all work together. Um, like we play in the same sandbox. I remember Chuck using that uh, years ago with mm -hmm. me, um, you know, because if we don't all play in the same sandbox, then we're not going to 
be able to build that big sand castle that everyone can see. And I'm not saying that in a, you know, a literal way. I'm saying, you know, it, it takes a lot of different key players um, at the table that do what that organization is good at. And each organization has, you know, different highlights or different things that they specialize in, you know, um, Roy Moss is with youth, you know, Marcy Gate is with adults. Um, so having all of these key players and pieces in place, it really helps um, this whole thing move with a lot of... Uh, a lot of power, right? Yeah, a lot of power, a lot of intense movement forward. And, mm. and that's what's really cool to be a part of and to watch how um, all of this is being pieced together and how each person or each organization has their different um, lane or their different piece to play in this. Um, and, and that's, I think, is really important. Um, I think it's really neat how all of it is coming to, for, to fruition I can't even say the word. <laughs> and, and so, you know, for our listeners, you know, Carla used the term care coordination. Um, just a simplest way to put this is that instead of just one agency controlling a case, what happens there is that with care coordination, there's a partnership of all multidisciplinary agencies. So you've got police, you've got medical, you've got advocates, you've got counselors, you've got caseworkers, you've got the different governmental agencies that work with this particular person. They are all sitting down, they're sharing information, they're helping develop a plan with this person in care coordination, and then they're providing a safety net so that they don't fall through the cracks because without support, you know, we are hurt in, in harmful relationships. This is what trafficking in harmful relationships is where the, the pain is inflicted. The healing comes from healthy relationships and these healthy relationships with care coordination is you've got, now you have this suddenly have this team backing you up. You got your posse yep. in your corner, right? And now you have this, all these different people that you can rely on and they're going to providing the different things that they're good at. The police are good at going after the bad guy. Not so good at, you know, uh, being your counselor, you know, not so good at helping you find out what the next step is or how to find a place to live. So each one of those agencies is working together in partnership and they're not competing. They're all at the table. They're all have an equal voice and it's, they're all talking about freedom. Yeah, that's key um, because we we didn't see that, you know, a few years ago um, here in San Antonio, we everyone was kind of pulling in their own direction. And I think it, it's all kind of uh, come together and we're all kind of pulling in the right direction now in the same direction and helping each other out. Um, and, and the work that you're doing, Carla, is key and crucial to that. Um, you know, your your voice is helping um, helping us as well. Um, so you also mentioned some work that you're doing with uh, in the national scale. Um, tell us a little bit about the national scale, because we know that you're doing a lot locally, a lot here in San Antonio. What's going on nationally? Oh, wow. So um, the Blue Campaign is um, with Department of Homeland Security. Those guys are um, creating some new content um, for training, uh, such as uh, training videos for hospitality ind industry, so hotels and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, also, because of a new law that was passed about um, hotel staff being trained and cannot lose their job um, <laughs> due to reporting human trafficking. That's good. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> um, but so they have actually hired me as um, survivor support. So I get to go over the script that they have for this training video in a hotel setting and um, basically uh, give my my feedback on it. I haven't seen it yet or anything. i um, excited to actually work on that. Uh, 
they're asking that I come to DC in August to actually be there on site for um, consultation or um, for on-site advice um, yeah. during the actual filming. So that will be super fun. I've never been to DC. <laughs> so, um, and then like, I, I mean, it, I've, my reach has actually reached a, uh, a little bit farther than just the United States. Um, so you're global. During, yes, it has gotten global. So the cool thing is during COVID, since uh, <laughs> everyone was at home, yeah. I actually got to work with um, some students out of Dublin, Ireland to create an artificial intelligence um, app on the phone for survivors. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, yeah. it, called Emma, Emma Gives, emmagives.com. I, I think, I don't know if it's available yet. They were yeah. in the process. Um, it was some high, some college students in a design team and they were really passionate about um, fighting human trafficking and wanted to know how they could help survivors and implement um, their design class and actually do something specifically for survivors. Um, so, and then, I mean, also I'm helping um, a discipleship group that is, actually nationwide but it's based out of um jackson missouri and uh, they're called project 200 um it's discipleship group yes and they're very passionate uh, about a lot of different things but one of them being um human trafficking so a lot of cool news coming soon on that i i don't want to give it away too fast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um we might have a new facility here in kerrville um, that's that's basically uh, founded by them. So. It's exciting. Yeah, so that's exciting. Global and, you know, even doing a lot of stuff nationally. I, the, the, the global stuff is pretty interesting because it's the use of technology, right? Um, using technology to, to, you know, fight human trafficking. Um, I know there's a you know, other people that are doing it. Um, but that that's amazing that they're using, you know, your knowledge, your experience to kind of help in that way. Um, that's exciting. I can't wait to see that go into production and, and actually, you know, be something that's being used. Um, and we're also excited with you to see, hear the news on this um, Project 200, um, you know, and see what happens with that. Um, man, you're, you're doing so many amazing things. Um, you're, you're a God-fearing woman and, you know, we, we know that that's why, you know, you're being uh, used and, and blessed and, you know, being put forth is because of that. And so continue doing the, the great work that you're doing, um, you know, and, and we're just, we're just proud. We're proud of you. Chuck and I know you personally, um, you know, and our, our listeners, I, I hope are getting to know you a little bit more as well. Um, your story is super impactful um you know and and it's i think it's coming full circle right you know everything that you have been through um you've come out of on the other side and you're using it to to help a lot of other women a lot of other people and that's just amazing that's what it's all about i think you know and you have a heart a servant a servant's heart and so that's that's amazing that's we're, we're so happy for you thank you <laughs> You're making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, we truly mean it. Um, we're, we're just happy for you. Um, and this, this, the reason we brought Carla back is to share with our listeners and our viewers that, you know, there is hope at the end of all this. Um, you know, you, you hear stories, you may just hear about human trafficking from uh, some a post online or a news article or, or something like that, but you don't always hear the, the good the good that comes out of the work that's being done um, to rescue these victims. You sometimes only hear the, the gruesome facts and, you know, what happened to
to them, but you don't always see the end result. And Carla's story is about that. It's about the the hope and the power and the courage um, that that she has to to make a difference. And so, uh, to our listeners, this is why we do what we do, right? And this is why you have to join the fight. And, you know, take action. When you see something, report it, say something. Listen to all of our episodes because we've given you a whole bunch of information on how to do that, on how to report it, um, you know, and, and how to identify it. What are the red flags? Go back and listen to some of our previous episodes because we talk about that. Um, but that's why we do this. That's why we want you to do this. That's why we want you to join. Um, any last comments, uh, Chuck, that you have? Any last questions that you have for, for Carla? Well, no. Well, comments, though, is that, you know, isn't it amazing to be able to see this story unfold. I mean, to be mm-hmm. blessed to be able to participate in this story, you know, I mean, God takes God. It's, 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 it's the story of God, right? It's God saying, okay, we're going to go from one point to another, but because this type of growth can only happen in faith, in faith yeah. in Jesus Christ. You know, this is people ask me how I keep going and the same thing. It's because I know who I work for. And once you know who you work for, you know, instead of saying you can have a choice, you can be pitiful or powerful. And she chose powerful. Carla chose powerful, right? She said, okay, I was here, but she allowed God to build her. She allowed God to open doors. And now, like, I'm, you know, I remember her thinking very small in the beginning. And I was like, God's not done with you. God's not done with you. It gets, it. there's so much more, right? And now you're starting to see those lights and you're going, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 for, me, for me, it's like totally cool just to watch and go, yeah, that's God. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, if you would have told me even two years ago that I would be doing everything that I was doing now, I'd tell you that you were crazy, that I, that <laughs> like, there's no way that, that that's going to happen. And here we are like, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> it's amazing to be a part of this story. Um, yeah. it is, it's just, it's beyond amazing um, to just... <laughs> it back and all I have to do is show up like he does all the work <laughs> it's right. amazing how whenever you trust God so much that you don't even care where you're going as long as it's with him like I'm there <laughs> mm-hmm. yep yep and and you're bringing other people along with you and that that's the the beauty of this um you're mentoring these young women um you know they're they're watching you they're learning from you they're hearing you and um you know, we and that's what we need. We need more Carlas in the world. We need more people who are fighting, more people who are doing things, and and that's that's awesome. Um, you know, we it's been over two years, and hopefully we don't go another two years without hearing from you. But hopefully we hear some really good news here in the next few months of things that are uh, new things that are happening, um, and some new walls that are being um, you know torn down, doors that are being opened. Um, you know, we're we're happy for you, Carla, and um, we're happy that you're a part of this uh, this group. Uh, of ours as well being a partner of ours thank you guys so much uh yes and please don't let it be another two years (laughs) (laughs) no but for our listeners out there as you're hearing this if you're you're hearing this and you're saying well you know i didn't think there was anything i could do or or you're thinking this is just too big or it's overwhelming you know, th- I hope you're hearing the hope today. I mean, it's really my my desire that you're hearing the hope today and that there is hope. Every single one of us have a piece to play in, in fighting exploitation and modern day slavery. Everyone does. It, 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 your piece is not smaller or larger than anybody else's working together. As long as you allow God to lead your path, partner with agencies that are led by survivors, partner with agencies that are advised by survivors, you know, find out where your piece, your, your talents could be used. This 
this is the key to helping so that we can free people. So we can have people be free from exploitation, from slavery in the world that we have today. This problem is not too big. And and so today is just a perfect example where you get to hear the hope. You've heard Carla's, you know, hopefully you've heard Carla's story before in our podcast. And now compare that story to this podcast today and, and hear, hear the power of a life led by God and being a warrior princess. Yes. So thank you, Carla, warrior princess, for joining us. Um, and we will bring you back soon and continue talking about the, the great things that are happening and that you're a part of as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Carlos Solomon. Don't forget to rate us, leave us your comment, questions, or suggestions. We hope that you come back for our next episode. Thank you guys.